1: Just like that, Chad. The final hour of Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow. Friday edition. We've got Gun Show here. He's already hanging out at Sixth and Peabody with the beer uh, and <laughs> getting cold ready to go. moonshine. He's
2: primed, primed and ready. Friday shows are always fun.
1: Geared up. Pissed off for greatness. Yeah. Cheers. Glad you're. Cheers. Glad you're with us across the outkick. Network to our betting. audience, to Sixth and Peabody, to our production crew, to everyone. We love you. We yep. appreciate you. Clay, see you soon. Have a heck of a weekend. That's right. Uh, you've uh, joined us in the chat. Did you, um, did you notice
2: that Kelly in Vegas um, retweeted the link and just said, thanks to Hutton for having me on.
1: <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> Thank you, Kelly. Or is it Megan? Not sure. No. If you miss any of our reviews, you can uh, check it out on, on demand uh, on Twitter, Facebook, outkick.com, uh, YouTube, uh, clips there. Uh, as needed. Chad, we've got, I uh, mentioned Gunzelman coming up, a lot to discuss there, we'll tie in some football. But also, the fights. Uh, you know I am not big on talking training camp fights across the league. The joint practices, though, are stirring up more than just, you know, a little scuffle here and there. Yesterday, Max Crosby and Cam Akers, the joint practice there between uh, the, the teams, and you've got Crosby, who is always running on 11. You know, he's always high octane. And he goes and tries to strip the ball, punch the ball out. There's a, a lowering of the head into, uh, from Akers into Crosby. And th- it is described as a melee, not a brawl, which is f- used far too often in des- describing camp fights, but a melee. Yeah. I like the word melee better. Well, if it fits. Yeah. If it fits, and by all accounts, it certainly did here. Here's Crosby's reaction to Cam Akers and the fact that a melee ensued. He's uh, doing what I do. Uh, he didn't like that, so you know, he got what he got. It, a it is what it is. Uh, it, it, he got what he got. I was just doing what it I do. It is what it is. Uh, yeah, the two teams got involved. Yeah, this is, uh, I don't
2: know whether to like, look and listen at Max Crosby or to read him and view him as a work of art with the amount of tattoos on his, on his body. Like you almost have to do a freeze frame, and I,
1: I want to study everything that's going on there. There's a lot happening. You've got Curse, the, the safety in Dallas. There have been a lot of scuffles, not melees, scuffles, between the offense and defense for the Cowboys. And Curse is saying we're not taking bleep from any of the 32 teams in 2023. Not 31, 32. So there's a chip on the shoulder there. I thought of Dion because the Cowboys tie in and, you know, the fact that all for all for one, one for all mentality. Um, uh, speaking of Dion, by the way, this, yeah? this tweet just came
2: down from Brett McMurphy, which made me laugh. Um, he has Pac-12 coaches' favorite musical artists from the Action Network, and he got all of them to say their favorite okay. music. You know, this happens a lot. Like, usually around media days, yep. someone will ask. And everyone gave an answer, and – For Colorado and Deion Sanders, it just says, would not answer. (laughs) The only one who would not answer the question was Deion Sanders, to which I made a joke on Twitter about would not answer being a band, the band that we haven't heard of yet.
1: The name would not answer. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, some interesting selections there. Chet, uh, Mark Andrews tied in for the Ravens. By the way, I would take the over on touchdowns, whatever it is, uh, for Mark Andrews with Lamar Jackson. They're throwing the football more uh, in Baltimore. Mark Andrews slammed – johnson danny johnson i believe is the backup corner and johnson suffered a rotator cuff injury because of it with what was going on there uh in in baltimore uh the nfl though here's why it's more of a story during the joint practices by the way johnson's a backup corner for washington um the nfl if you fight during the season you know if you throw a helmet you're fined but if it happens during a joint practice It's on the teams to police themselves. We saw this with the helmet that was thrown at a player uh, from Aaron Donald. Was this last year or the year prior? I believe it was last year at joint practice. He was
2: slinging a helmet around guys who did not have helmets on.
1: So, you know, the the penalties and the enforcement of whatever rules are out there happen whenever the regular season starts or if it happens in a preseason game. It's on the teams to discipline practice. Yes, which is not going – and if you have a joint practice, you're just not going to have – the two teams are not going to enforce anything if, if, if stuff breaks out. Now, yeah, uh, if that – just using the, the Aaron Donald example, this is how teams
2: handle those things internally. If you are a third-string or fourth-string reserve player right. or undrafted guy, you are cut immediately for doing that at practice, for wielding a helmet and trying to hit people that don't have a helmet on in their head, possibly killing or injuring them badly – you're going to be cut immediately. Aaron Donald's not going to have anything happen to him, well, <laughs> because he's Aaron Donald. But that, the teams, that's how they handle it.
1: Well, the teams have to enforce it, right? So, the Jets and the Bucks were having a joint practice. We'll see this next week on Hard Knocks. They were supposed to have another practice, but you know they can't practice without fighting. So they canceled the second joint practice, and the Buccaneers are up there on the road with nowhere to go. So the Giants are letting the Buccaneers use their practice facility, not the Jets. That's how they're handling it behind the scenes. Meanwhile, like there is no enforcement, up, so you're going to continue to see this happen. And it is an, it is, it is an idiot test uh, for players if you take a swing at a guy that's wearing a helmet. Now, if you take the helmet off and sling it at people, chances are you're not going to have any... Any suspension, any fine, as long as you're a star player.
2: Well, who was the guy uh, here for the Titans that just got cut for excessive fighting? Yeah, one of the offensive linemen.
1: Jamarco Jones.
2: Yeah, and a guy who probably wasn't going to be a factor. No, he was going to start a right
1: tackle because they're starting right tackle suspended for six games. That guy was really bad at fighting and doing it too often then, if that's the case. Well, not just fighting. He took a cheap shot at one of their uh, running backs on a low block. Yeah. I think his situation Not running back, was, was one of the one of the linebackers. Well, he,
2: yeah, it was. He got to a point where he wasn't going to be liked or respected by his teammates, so they had to let him go. Not a playing time issue. But you, you know what I'm saying about if they're someone who doesn't factor into the too deep that much, it's easy to let those guys go for fighting. But your stars, you're
1: going to let get away with a lot more when it comes to that. Yes. Example, Aaron Donald a year ago. Chad, uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to win you over here. He is, oh, he's campaigning, I, I know the story. He, he is lobbying Andy Reid for more quarterback sneaks. He wants more quarterback sneaks. The difference is probably because the kneecap was on the side of my leg as to why they have, you know, not put the former MVP in harm's way. Uh, I think we were doing pretty good until that. We were doing really good until last year. I mean, Last year, we didn't do it well at all, so we didn't get one on the first one. It's the preseason. We're, we're kind of going back and forth, and we're evaluating if we're going to quarterback sneak more or not. Hopefully, by this time the season rolls around, we can get back to converting those, uh, talking about the, the, the short yardage line to get He says, hey, we're extremely successful. I haven't been stopped yet. Keep it coming. Tom Brady was the best rusher on his team, because when you needed Tom that Brady. yard... He got it.
2: Made my list, Hutton, of best running quarterbacks in the history of the NFL because he's the greatest quarterback sneaker in the history of the league. The dude would get three and four yards sometimes. There's an art to it. On a quarterback sneak with the quick count, knowing when to snap it, knowing the angles to take. It is the most underutilized play in all of football. I've argued this since I was a child. I see it. It works almost all the time, and especially in a college game when I see teams go to the shotgun. On third or fourth and one or less than one and not sneak it. In sneak situations, it kills me every time. Sneak the ball. Sneak the ball. The success rate has got to be over 85% on situations like that. It is one of the most underutilized yet highly effective plays in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes, I back you. I support you. Thank you for saying this. Hopefully, Andy
1: Reid listens to him and they do it a lot more. Well, he says it's not, he doesn't think it's going to happen. Quote, I'm pretty sure he's not going to let me do it unless it's for like the Super Bowl. So I might have to call my own number in the Super Bowl if we get there. Yeah, I think that um,
2: watching, you know, the behind the scenes more of quarterback with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, I think Andy Reid will let him do pretty much every, anything he wants. I think if he wants to call quarterback sneaks more, that's going to be on Patrick Mahomes to do it. And I think Andy Reid will let him. He, he gives them a lot of freedom because they've had so much success. Oh, He's smart in listening to his quarterback, and they let them design the crazy plays. They do the little merry-go-round deal mm-hmm. and stuff like that. They get days of the week where they work on trick plays and then get to run them in the
1: game. So, yeah, Andy Reid's going to let him do whatever he wants. Aiden Hutchinson is glad that the Jacksonville Jaguars didn't select him with the number one overall pick a couple years ago. They selected Trayvon Walker. Uh, who by all accounts has been very good within that defense uh, going into this season. But Hutchinson ends up with his hometown Lions at number two. And how could you not be pleased if you're Aiden Hutchinson right now? All the momentum played very well his rookie season and uh, ends up now on a team and in a division that's very winnable with playoff hopes that are through the roof for this franchise. Um, he told MLive.com, I'm happy here. Very thankful, very thankful, uh, about being passed over by Jacksonville. I mean, it all worked out. It was a divine timing, the way things were, the way things were, and they went the way they were supposed to go. Um, he's been great. And I still think Jacksonville should have selected him at number one.
2: Yeah, I, I still am not a full believer in the Trayvon Walker pick for Jacksonville at number one, um. But Aiden Hutchinson's right. I mean, this is this was a blessing. The guy is a it's Michigan a man. Uh, he's there in Detroit. He's part of this resurgence. Not even a resurgence. It's a, it's a birth. <laughs> they were nothing. It's not like yeah. the Lions are trying to get back to who they always were, this great team or a consistent winner. They're trying to become that for the first time ever for the Lions organization. And he gets to be a part of that as a hometown guy. Um, home state guy, I, I think it's a very cool story. And, yeah, Aiden Hutchinson with the Jags, not nearly as cool as Aiden Hutchinson well, with the Lions.
1: Well, w- w- would definitely not be receiving the same accolades. Uh, and, and not, not from uh, the NFL, not from the – I mean, football, football fans know how good he is. I'm saying if he's on Jacksonville's roster, he is Trayvon Walker in this sense. They've had so many top five picks – you know, at top to bottom across Jacksonville's roster, they have very good talent. They've got, of course, Trevor Lawrence, a quarterback. But everyone's talking about Detroit and not Jacksonville. And division-wise, the goals are the same for both franchises right now. Jacksonville should win the AFC South. Detroit, I mean, they're opening up the regular they're, season against Kansas City and Mahomes.
2: Yeah, their goal is, I mean, well within reach to win the NFC North. No doubt. I mean, these are two teams that are going into the season where they are saying... Not only can we win this division, we should win this division. And I think with Dan Campbell at the helm, with Detroit, I guarantee you that's the message to that team
1: going into this season is not can
2: we, it's we should win this division. From a
1: former Wolverine to a, a former Buckeye, Ezekiel Elliott is now with the New England Patriots. And here's Bill Belichick discussing why Elliott's a good fit for this Patriots roster. We'll have that good coming up. There he is. Yeah, we had a good visit with him, and I look forward to working with him. I've never coached Zeke before, but glad we have him, and we'll, we'll start, um, you know, spent time with him in the last, uh, you know, last night and on the trip to, you know, terminology and plays and protections, things like that. Uh, so we'll work him in there when, when he's ready and we'll see how that goes. Chad, he's had 22 touchdowns over the last two years. Touchdown machine. 12 touchdowns last season for Dallas. 11 of the 12 came inside the 10-yard line. Like, right at the goal line. Ramondre Stevenson is still the back. But when you need to score, and this is, I think, underrated right now for Elliott, who's on the back end of his career. The knock is, oh, Ezekiel Elliott, it's Tony Pollard's team in Dallas. It wasn't Ezekiel. Ezekiel Elliott has a knack for scoring the rock. He can put the ball across the goal line. And... That's what you're going to need if you're playing this style of ball in New England. It's two teams right now, two teams that play this mentality. New England and Tennessee. And Tennessee was awful at scoring points last year. They gotta get back to that. This team needed a run game to support Mac Jones, and they actually had a a decent starting three wide receiving core if they go to 11 personnel instead of 12. in Nashville, they didn't. So they end up with DeAndre Hopkins. Meanwhile, the run game needed a big boost. They don't go with Dalvin Cook, however. They end up with Ezekiel Elliott. The production inside the 10, if New England can get there, that will benefit Ezekiel Elliott, and that will benefit what was a terrible offense a year ago. I think the big you nailed it on the mindset of physical running, run
2: first teams with the Titans and the Patriots. Um, the biggest difference to me is division. I mean, the Patriots are in a juggernaut of a division uh, right now. When you look at Bills, Jets, Dolphins, Titans, not so much. Titans can win their division. It's them and Jacksonville. And I don't think Indianapolis and the Texans are much of a factor. Also, I want to give a shout-out to Bill Belichick, who has found a way to put the tone of his voice into such a way. It's gotten even better. Every year he perfects it, but speaks in a way that every audio clip makes everyone want to tune out immediately just by the cadence of his voice and sounding so disinterested And whatever the question was and whatever he's talking about. The man is a master, a Jedi master at speaking in a way that makes it sound so not interesting. And that's exactly what he wants, to not have to talk to the media and not have anyone listen to anything but, he says. Yeah, you're right. And he's mastered that way of speaking.
1: I mean, it is... Unbelievable. He's just there so he doesn't get fined or whatever. Mark can Lynch we was saying. play
2: this back one more time? And I want everyone to try to stay to the end of this how answer happy he is. of how just awful this audio sounds. And it's not because of the audio quality, because of his voice and cadence. Go ahead. Good to have Zeke. Yeah, we had a good visit with him, and I look forward to working
1: with him. I've never coached Zeke before, but glad we have him. And we'll we'll start. Um, you know, spend time with him in the last uh, you know last night and on the trip to. Terminology and plays and protections, things like that. Uh, so we'll work him in
2: there when, when he's ready. We'll see how that goes. And I made it four words in before I checked out that time. First time <laughs> well, was his goal. First time was seven words, and then the second go around is about four words in, and then
1: I I didn't hear a word he said after that. Amazing, good job, Bill. Uh, but, good job. Belichick's not Finally all that bad in front of a camera and microphone. When he wants to be, he is No, excellent. he's got a personality. NFL Network that's, stuff is well, unbelievable. That's why
2: I'm making fun of him, because he's doing that on purpose. He's got a great personality. We've seen it. When he wants to talk about the history of the game, he's terrific.
1: But when he talks about his football team, he does that purposefully. You know who always talks well? Mike Gunn, Gunshow. Show. Yeah, in studio with his next one, Hot Hot Sixth and Peabody, our location with E-Hop here and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network. Chad, you know it's Friday. You know the energy is high. You know we're close to the end. Packing up. Getting ready for a big weekend. Beautiful weather. (laughs) Because the gun show is here. Let's go!
0: What's going on, fellas? Let's go! I
1: love the mix of the Bo Jackson
2: vintage Light blue Royals jersey, Frushing which it. is this one signed? of the best uniforms in
1: all of sports. Is this signed by Bo Jackson?
2: No,
0: it's, it is not signed. you want to know where I got this? The good old Seaside Heights boardwalk last week. I spent, it was $5 a spin, and it's impossible to win the jersey game. And I nailed it, baby. Cooperstown official crushing it. Is
1: there not a signature on this? Am I, did I?
0: It might just be spilt beer. To no, maybe notice. that's
2: all it was. <laughs> yeah, no. sorry. <It's> <laughs> It's terrific,
1: though. But, I, I love it.
2: It's one, it's I'm to sign Bo Jackson's name for you. Like, it was,
0: I've never gotten so many compliments. Like, I saw the B. Jackson up there, and I was like, I need to win that. Like, they had an Aaron Judge, and they had, like, a Jordan. I don't care. I saw Bo Jackson. They also had an old-school teal green Griffey. Oh. And I was like, now I, you're, I was you're, you're talking.
1: You're speaking my language now, Guns. Like, well, like,
2: so let's let's evaluate these jerseys first okay. off. Like, this this era right here, and yeah. they're bringing them back now. That light blue look. Crush it. On the Phillies, the Twins, the Blue Jays, the Royals that you're wearing, uh, the Braves had a light blue jersey right, back yeah. in like Expos, the early '80s, the Expos, late, the Expos. Yeah. like that era. Uh, all of those look awesome. Yeah. This this one included. Well done, guns. And,
0: it's, and the thing is, what's interesting? It's it's so random because it's Bo Jackson, but like I tell you, I got so many compliments of people coming up. There were fathers that, like, these little kids were playing this the wheel as well. And the fathers were like, you got to get Bo if you win. you got to get Bo. <laughs> and my question to you is, because I was asking my friends this, is, you know, obviously you had Dion, you had Bo. Is there ever going to be another two-way sports player? I don't think there can be with the massive contracts. I don't think any team will allow him to play a different sport.
2: Well, the last guy that I remember that we honestly thought about it, uh, that we talked about, was Kyler Murray. Who had the deal yeah, with the A's where he teams had teams were offer, concerned that, yeah, he gonna that he was going to play, gonna gonna play, play baseball. baseball? Yeah, and I thought he couldn't. The problem is you can't play quarterback with that commit. Now, yeah. granted, this guy plays a lot of Call of Duty and doesn't really commit to that either. But maybe Kyler ah. Murray could have pulled it off. But it's hard to play quarterback in another sport. I mean, is there a guy? It, it's guns. It's a great question. It takes the right positional crossover. So like Dion could do it as a corner. And then a fill-in helicopter in. platoon pl- platoon right. outfielder, right, right? Yeah. center fielder for the D-on Braves. D-on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. playing the that's right, playing the Sunday game, and then helicoptering in for a playoff game at Major League Baseball that night. Yeah. Um, and then Bo was just a tank. And Bo was a running back. Yeah. Like you know, running back is hey, we it doesn't take as there, much study so to play much, running back the way Bo Jackson did. There's
0: so much money though that like if I'm in like they won't even let them play like. Yeah, I mean, look at Aaron Boone, perfect example. Got her playing a pickup game of basketball when he was with the Yankees. Like, they don't want people doing anything. You can't ski. You can't do this. Like, so I don't know if they would let them when you're talking $250 million contracts.
2: Yeah, I think the commitment level. And, and also, we've seen sports specialization start so much earlier now with kids anyway. Yeah. So we're trending away from that. I'd love to see it again, though. Be
0: so, like, I want a modern-day Bo Jackson who wasn't involved, like, as far as I know, in anything, any drama or anything. Well, I mean, what have you heard about Bo Jackson since? All we know is he was just a tank. He ran up the outfield wall, Yeah, you know? He well,
2: Shoai Otani, I think, bucked a lot of trends that we said, oh, that no one yeah, can ever be this good at hitting true. and pitching yeah. and playing at the same time and doing both well. And so, you know, ne- never say never. Maybe it'll happen. Let's talk a little more baseball. Gotcha. What do you think of the sixty to thirteen final score of the Atlanta Braves versus New York baseball teams over seven games? I don't know that I can remember <laughs> I a you. level I of dominance. You're, you're lucky Mets, to have thirteen. Followed by the Yankees. Well, the Mets are the lucky one because they got you. one win <laughs> in it. So it was seven, seven to six runs. Win. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like you're lucky to you have thirteen. It was like oh. eight to seven the game they won. Yeah. Uh,
0: I I just did a piece on Outkick about this. I cannot wait for the playoffs to get here just so I can be put out of my misery because I know the Yankees aren't going to make it. Like, please just get there. Not that it's like, oh, I can't wait to make the playoffs so we'll make a run. Let's just, just get there to stop the debacle, the debauchery, the disaster that's been the New York Yankees this year. It's indefensible. You can't, like, and and what's, what's so frustrating, we've gone to this to this world of analytics, and what I get so frustrated about is, listen, like, Managers are always the first to go because they're just pretty much – nobody's managing. There's no Billy Martins out there. There's, like, if you do the – like, like that won't happen in modern day. Whether it's coaches, you'll still be your Belichick. I don't know how many more Belichicks there's going to be because players don't want to be yelled at. All right? Yeah. And owners know they're paying a ton of money to them. So my point is, though, that managers will always be the ones to go and head coaches because they're essentially just a mouthpiece. So they're up there just taking the hits but it's the analytics these no-name nerds wearing stupid old-school glasses pocket protectors that none of us know what their names are and they're ruining the sport and a lot of times the reason that teams are losing when it comes down to it a lot or they're making the moves like like you know ahead of time it's like oh we have to give him an off day well he's hit seven home runs in four games nope he needs an off day because the analytics say so they don't understand because they never played the sport and none of them get fired they're never held? A, name one analytic person, any of the viewers or listeners out there. Give me an analytic person. Paul
2: DePodesta, because <laughs> <laughs> like I watch Moneyball, yeah, right? Was it was Jonah say, Hill and Moneyball that started yeah. it. Um, that it, that Kate, he bought him or traded him, right? No, he bought his contract out from the from <laughs> Cleveland Indians to come over to the to the A's. It's just now, frustrating. Well, it's, it's, it's you're, you're like, bringing this up, and it does tie into a New York team because Justin Verlander just got done having to defend himself because. He went off on the Mets for not having an st- a, 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 a up-to-par analytics department the way the Astros did. And he said, oh, I'm sorry that my constructive criticism was taken as me what being a, a diva. diva. What yeah. a diva.
0: But I, I understand that to an extent. Well, here, first of all, the Mets, I mean, that also shows that all the money in the world can't buy you a championship. It's not, the, it's not the Yankees in the 2000s anymore. But look at what they did to Scherzer. They get rid of Max Scherzer because they're like, yeah, we're just going to rebuild. Like, uh, so I want to use the Mets as, as an example because they don't know what they're doing. He spent three hundred sixty million dollars, and then they tell Max Scherzer that, like, hey, you know, you might want to leave because we're going to rebuild now. It's like, well, what? You just dropped three hundred sixty million, a record, historic amount. And what Scherzer done? He's like four and zero now, and pitching lights out. He just wanted to get the hell out of here. If you, only,
1: York City. if only the Angels' moves would have worked out this well. Oh man, yep. Because then we see the two-way what player a, in the, the same disaster. game. What a
2: What a mess! Ohtani.
0: What a mess!
2: Speaking man. of a mess, how about Kid Rock? Uh, drinking a Bud Light in downtown Nashville. Not not great. Yeah. This is Peak
1: 2023. Yeah, right here, the 69 score is a health uh, health score at the bar too.
2: <laughs> I mean, Peak 2023 is the movement about anti-Bud Light led by Kid Rock. He kicked it off. Kicked it off. Right, the kickoff concert for Bud Light was taking a right machine gun what? to the Bud Light and doing that. And now he's only in a bar to be.
0: You're talking about holding fish. a Bud Light. Right. In Nashville of all places. Oh my god. So we reached out for comment. We haven't been able to hear anything back. It's all over the place now. You can check out Outkick <laughs> as well. Like,
2: uh, like Guns has a story at Outkick.com.
0: But, like, but it's what what's wild about it is and we had to corroborate it. I had to make sure that it wasn't like a doctored photo or also a photo from like three years you can't ago. Doctor the kid. Yeah. But we like you know you know, it could have been from three years yeah, ago. It been an old one that out of everybody, life. this is Joe Rogan just said this past week. Kid Rock is responsible for the anti Bud light movement. And then three days later, he's in Nashville drinking Bud Light. And thoughts and prayers for the, for the fan base. Although, I, hey, by
1: the way, I agree with Kid Rock. Drink whatever beer you want to drink. I'm all oh, about yeah. that,
0: but it, it's, it's a perfect example. And this is what I hate. I just love calling everybody out. I just want people to be real. I think the American people, I think Agreed. regular people are tired of BS and being lied to. Like, yes. I don't care what political side you're on, just stop lying. Stop being fake, phony frauds, all right? You're going to do this. And, like, it, it's do as I say, not as I do. It's don't you dare waste gas or, or whatnot, but I'm going to take a private jet. Come on now. Relax. It's, it's marketing.
2: Down. Right? He's pandering, marketing. Yeah. He's doing something, pandering to a side that he thinks is going to make him money. And he
0: goes on doing whatever the heck he wants. He got caught. <laughs> he got caught. How funny He got is caught that?
2: being the hypocrite we all knew he yeah. was and pretty much everyone else is. That's
0: pretty funny. I mean, I just, you know what I mean? Like, what a good, like, he's been so pro this. I don't care what somebody is. <laughs> And then you get caught. It's like I love to see it. The, st- the headline writes itself.
1: It does. Uh, Chad, you uh, ever won a county championship? They won a state championship, didn't you?
0: Wait, let's. We won county. A county, county. Let's let's okay. not get ahead of ourselves. Did our you ever win here. a county
2: championship? We didn't have county championships. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I was. Uh, Don't disparage me, Chad. I won a, a county geography bee championship. But we didn't have, we didn't, Guns. we didn't mark it by county. Guys, I'm sorry
1: that I didn't say state champion because Chad would have thought, yeah, it well,
2: was something. Champions. I mean, the way you were hyping up this championship coming in <laughs> here with your buddy who's in town, <laughs> I assumed right it was here, state, right <laughs> at least. I was like, this has got to be a Jersey state championship. Let's, and instead, a shout out to your buddy in town yeah. from D.C. Um, rock and roll, yeah. Tell us about. The season that was. The season that, that was. That has
0: not happened again untold. at
2: Guns' school. <laughs>
0: <laughs> untold. This is so what county untold did you grow up in? Champs. What county was this? Uh, Somerset County, New Jersey. Right? Untold Somerset County <laughs> Soccer Let's Championship. Go. Went to Immaculata High School. All right, so that like we were huge in football, like and, and baseball. A lot of you, multiple players went on to the NFL. And American M- MLB. football for those. American football, yeah, You played football. the other football. And of course, I did not play baseball or football. Or they got recruited there. Obviously, I'm I'm gunned. So I played soccer. And um, your it, guns are on your in your calves. Yeah, well, barely. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, calves and thighs. <laughs> Let's just say this: I didn't make varsity till I played four years, but I didn't I didn't make varsity until senior year. And I got my varsity jacket in May. When I graduated three weeks before, and I've never been so proud of a varsity jacket in my life because we weren't supposed to win. We were a bunch of stoners with curly hair and misfits, and we would, I would eat bacon, egg, and cheeses before a game and chocolate milk. That was my pregame ritual. And we won the counties never before, <laughs> never again. Relive the glory days. I haven't seen this kid in, like, 15 years, and I will die for him because we went <laughs> oh, through that together. Uh... We would play these people. People that were so good in soccer, multiple banners, pop collar. You know when they, that pop collar trend was in? Yeah. And then we would show up. And Fitch we types. yes, exactly. And we would show up. We'd bring a boombox and like warm up to like LFO Summer Girls oh. and just freak them out. Light funky ones. We would ones. psych them out. And Light then we funky won.
1: ones. I never knew what that stood for until <laughs> oh, after I great. stopped liking LFO. LFO. That's amazing. I'm
0: so
2: happy. How I, many teams uh, were in your county? Is this like was a, a, a championship of like seven? No, no, teams? no, no, no.
0: It was very like the, it was very competitive. Like, People, like, like we ruin lives when we beat them. Yeah, like, they you know still what I mean? remember like it. Parents disappointed in their children because – Like the
1: Alabama losing to Auburn. Yeah, yeah. like
0: the
2: you,
1: third generation
2: You were taking souls it. is what yeah. I'm hearing oh, yeah. I'm in a Somerset soul-taker. County. I'm a soul taker. Like Michigan the with Ohio State recently. Back, back in the day. Yeah. It's um, so good. There's nothing like did it. Did you have anyone on the team that went on to play college soccer?
0: Did we? Who, fr- Frank? No. Where, give me What schools? T-C-J, Williams, yeah, we had some, the year before, James Williams, Granger went to Brown. Uh, great Brown. liberal
2: arts school. Yeah, some Dave, something like that. Dave yeah. Claussen, head coach at Wake Forest, I believe, is a Williams college grad.
0: that. Yeah. Um, but what made it so perfect is it wasn't to to Until another college to came to in and happen.
2: tampered and poached him away. Yeah, any we, NIL for this team? Yeah. Uh, what, would, what would the NIL rate be for, for the this team show? of misfits?
0: Because no, just bet,
2: like you guys, you know, in high school. Was there town support, school support? Would you have been getting $100 handshakes?
0: Well, eventually we were so good that, like, even the jocks had to start appreciating us. And the chicks were like, you know what? We like them. They're funny. You know what? They're, they're good. cool. And they're, they're winners. They're this isn't
2: as much of a documentary or a docu-series that I'd like to watch, but I feel like you could write the, the high school sports movie That's version go. of this. Yeah. Yeah. Where be you massive. win the respect of the entire school and the football team. Just don't mention yeah. adoption. They're all showing up to games all of a sudden, <laughs> and they're all into the, it.
0: Dude, we had signs and stuff. Conservatorships only, please. And, yeah. and, and then once we were done, nobody cared about soccer. And who they was were... the
1: Michael Orr of your team? Was anyone adopted <laughs> that was taken in for
2: soccer purposes
1: only? <laughs> the was... uh, screenplay will soon be ripped from your hands, just like the Oscar you plan on winning. They got, they
2: got a lot better when Cristiano Ronaldo was
1: <laughs> <laughs> adopted
2: Speaking by up, that rich, I'll immaculata be there,
1: dad.
0: I'll be at Messi tomorrow, Nashville. How about that? To be you're gonna be there damn right how much
1: how, is this credential
2: what did you, or you do to get in this mess? yeah
0: yeah I, I, please i love outkick but Me- i'm not making money to call it Colin, drop nine, Colin nine over grand. here hates you
2: now that you're gonna <laughs> be there and he's he's been to multiple Messi.
1: matches and won. so not how much is it to get in
0: uh so it began like anywhere from like 950 up to nine grand tickets have dropped to the 350 400 range today uh, but uh you know maybe i'll wear my varsity jacket Where, it's still not
1: sold out right
0: it might be sold out, and there's just oh, no, it's, it's not. not even
1: close. So the tickets have to drop, surely. So
0: we, is that why it's dropped? Yeah, okay. I mean, are, we, not, are, I are, they, are they, I mean, they sold? they might be like 75 just, bucks by yeah.
1: game time
2: tomorrow if they oh, don't sell out. let's go.
0: Them. Come through.
1: Let's, I may be yeah. in.
0: It's messy. Let's it should go be something. With
1: it, let's light some fires the way they would do it now, international.
0: listen, so I, as far as let me get <laughs> here. Where are
1: we going to loot afterwards?
2: That's the only question <laughs> oh, I we're going to
0: run this town, baby. Now, as far as, like, I, I just always love, like, you know, I'm not a big LeBron fan, and I love seeing LeBron lose in life. But it's going to be cool to see Messi, <laughs> Yeah. but, like, are we rooting against – we have to root against him, right? Like, I don't want to see him Messi? score five goals, Yeah. right? No, you don't want to. I want Nashville to win.
1: Absolutely. Gotcha.
0: So, screw you, Messi. We're coming. Yeah, I mean, I you.
1: think if you're a
2: Nashville sports fan, you want Nashville to win, but – I, I think if you're paying on.
1: nine grand to be there, you're rooting Messi.
2: I, I want well, – But that's the thing, right? I want right? Messi <laughs> to score four right. goals and Nashville to score five. Boom, let's go.
1: That would be the ideal scenario. I
2: want sh- to shoot. I want him to put on a fireworks
1: show. But <laughs> See, that that's what—that's what he's been doing now. Oh, it's a huge it. victory for him. I want to put on a fireworks
2: show like the Immaculata High School Spartans. team of Spartans. 2004 or whenever it
0: was
1: <laughs> that they won the county.
0: Blue and white, baby. Untold. Oh God. Gun
1: scores. <laughs> Untold. <laughs> Literally and figuratively. Yeah.
2: The guns arsenal in his quads. Not on his to, rock
1: and roll. We now need to pay for security to get him back to his car. because Bo Jackson. he Jackson, he just admitted that he has—he's going to the—he's <laughs> got messy security guard that falls him around everywhere. That falls <laughs> yeah. him in and out of this Guns, place. Guns, good to see you, man.
0: My guys on a Friday. do show Cheers. never disappoint. Cheers to the Salute. champion
1: over here, the Cheers. county champ, Mike Gunsman. Cheers to the
0: Spartans. Cheers Coming up, Condoleezza
1: Rice and George Bush—they're lobbying college football. We'll tell you exactly what that's for next. Sixth and Body are location with Eha Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow rolls on. Preseason week two this weekend. We'll have reactions to some of the bigger injuries that come out of these games. What's real and what's not in terms of uh, competition? I think some of this is manufactured hype. Others, I think there are some position battles up for grabs that are legit. We'll get into that on Monday as well.
2: I think the Gardner Minshew stuff was totally
1: manufactured. But the, about him really being the starter. But Jordan Love hype seems to be something to pay attention to. Just saying. Oh yeah, I'm saying about controversies
2: about yeah. starting quarterbacks. But I, but I
1: think the the assumption, the perceptions of oh, Jordan Love, you know, lump him in with some other bad football teams. Yeah, maybe not. We'll discuss Monday, Chad. Uh, not a bad little league baseball team.
2: Yeah, so huge shout-out to my uh, cousin, my, my second cousin, my cousin Nathan, Nathan Knight, my first cousin. His son, Elisha, played for the Washington, D.C. Northwest Little League team that went all the way to the Mid-Atlantic Final, furthest that any D.C. team ever made it. And they lost in heartbreaking fashion. They were throwing a no-hitter through three pitchers, and they got to extra innings, I think the seventh or eighth inning, and gave up a two-run homer mm. as the first hit of the game for the other team and lost 2 to nothing. so they didn't go to Williamsport. But they were honored by the Washington Nationals. The Washington Nationals this weekend, this weekend or next, will be playing in the Little League World Series, the Little League game for Major League Baseball. Uh, so they'll be playing okay. in Williamsport, we've seen in the past. That's awesome. Really, really cool. They were at the ballpark today, honored by the Nationals. Some photos we're going to scroll through for you also on this. Um. What the best part of all this was the pitcher, and I don't have who it is yet that's going to start the pitcher that's going to start the Little League game for Major League Baseball for the Nationals had every single player on the Northwest Little League team sign his cleats with any message they wanted to put for the game and he's going to pitch in those cleats in the Little League World Series game uh, for the Nationals Dave Martinez, as you see here, the manager of the Washington Nationals even said that, um, hey, maybe one day I'll be managing one of you guys, which is pretty cool. So I just got those pictures from my cousin who's in the locker room with his son and the team. But another reminder, Little League World Series going on right now, awesome stuff. But this is life-changing oh, stuff they, they and will moments never forget for, it. for those kids. I mean, imagine Hutton playing on national TV at that age and having that opportunity. It's so, so cool. Well, and the nerves, so, too. I, could, I can't imagine. Well, the emotion involved with it, and then you know the emotion of being you know twelve, also yeah. in playing in those games, um, really cool. But great gesture by the Nationals,
1: Chad. I apologize, so, I can't find the starter's name that you're referencing here. I don't even, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess they just know the rotation. Either way, that's cool.
2: Very very cool story. Uh, so shout out to Elisha Knight, my cousin, and his teammates for Northwest Little League making it further than any D.C. team ever, and also to the Nationals for stepping up and doing some really cool things with that team. And another moment outside of playing on national TV in those games that they'll never forget
1: meeting those Major League Baseball players today. Chad, what do you make of this? Uh, Because I think we can certainly have a big discussion here. George W. Bush and Condoleezza Rice are lobbying on behalf of Stanford and Cal to the ACC. Um. And it, it, you know, there's a bigger, I, I think, branch to this, as far as lobbying goes, for where we're headed. How do you, and it ties in your exercise earlier for the, college, the NFL of college football. the lobbyists and who you would want on your side lobbying for you, and is it more sports-related or politics-based and how you go about pushing this, especially when it's the networks and the millions upon billions? That will be running these decisions and you're Um, already asking you're already asking capitol hill to legislate and regulate the players and now it would be based on lobbying in this case cal's athletic department is in debt of course stanford with condoleezza rice she wants great footing there uh i believe uh linda or excuse me uh laura bush went to cal and there are you know High-ranking people in many big spots that could make a phone call and say, "Hey, help us out. What do we have to do?" I'm uncomfortable with it, um, but we know it's happening.
2: Yeah, yeah. It, it, look, I, I don't. It, there's nothing wrong with it. Like if if Condoleezza Rice and George Bush want to get involved in conference realignment and you know discuss um, possible landing spots for programs they're interested in or attached to via graduating from there or having some association with it. I mean, they're well within their rights to do that, and that's fine. I just – the whole thing makes me feel a little icky. Um, If you're being left out of something like Cal and Stanford, there's a reason for it. Either you weren't proactive enough to try to seek seek out what you knew was happening in the landscape of college sports, and now you're kind of desperate, or – You're not wanted by other conferences. So having to go in and beg and sing for your supper, if you're one of these programs, and, hey, look at us. We're really big time. We promise. When you're having to say that, you're not. Well, There's a great moment in the latest episode of Winning Time on HBO where Pat Riley, played by Adrian Brody, Academy Award winner, is talking with Paul Westhead, played by Jason Siegel. A really funny, great actor. And they're on a plane arguing. And he keeps saying, I'm the head coach. Paul Westhead says that. I'm the head coach. You need to respect me. And finally, Adrian Brody's Pat Riley says, if you were the head coach and you felt good about it, you wouldn't have to say it over and over again. Everyone would know it. I feel that way about these programs.
1: If you're that good and that valuable, you don't have to tell everyone about it and lobby for it. it. Here's another thing that comes to mind for me, though. Because you have Connelly's Rice with Stanford, Laura Bush with SMU. Stanford's endowment is massive. Yeah. SMU has the backing financially if they want to do whatever. So... I put Stanford in my list of 32, by the way. Oh, uh, I know. I know. And, and SMU wasn't even, according to reports, mentioned whenever it was discussed for Stanford and Cal uh, with the ACC. But the, the other part of this, though... Is the timing of it and i can tie in the, the running back zoom meeting as little impact as that had why now why not have the foresight instead of looking over and thinking oh here's what we should have done let's make sure we're we may be late let's make sure we can still get to the party and i, I it's too little too late currently to make this a big deal on behalf of whoever you're lobbying for positioning for negotiating for like if white clayoff didn't have the foresight to know that colorado was leaving san diego state wanted in and you before the mountain just tumbles to the ground you make a move that is inevitable anyway and you try to stay with your head above water and that did not happen and it, it same goes for the nfl of certain players they waited until, the running backs waited until after the deadline to no, negotiate an extension based on someone who had been tagged. They waited until that deadline passed, and they waited right up until the day when it's time to report to camp and you can be fined $50,000 a day. It's stupid. Uh, and I, I don't know why they don't have more foresight behind the scenes. It's like they were waiting on a part, and you mentioned like, well, you either are not wanted, or you just refuse to accept what's to come. And it's it's more about you didn't have the partner that called you and asked you, hey, "You want to go to prom? Prom meaning? Yeah. Uh, prom meaning not even the Big Twelve, the Big Ten,
2: big time college football.
1: Yeah. And it, it's it, it. Why sit around and wait on that? Colorado didn't. Well, there's two different situations here.
2: SMU, okay, you got to beg a little bit. You know, you're you're in the American Athletic Conference. You're not in a big time conference, so it's not about moving to a better situation. It's about moving up. It's about upward mobility. So for them, they're saying we've got a big-time endowment. We've got loaded boosters. But get a
1: partner, though.
2: We want to be there. Like, Yeah, we need to go here, and this is why. Stanford is a different situation. It's almost like Klyavkov in the Pac-12. Probably went about it in kind of an elitist way and said, we're Stanford. Here we are. If you want to come talk to us and flirt with us and ask us the prom, we'll listen to you and hear you out. But we're Stanford. We're more about academics, and we don't care about the future of us with college football. But now they've been left out without a dance partner. Suddenly they, they need lobbyists lobbying on their behalf. Yeah. So they didn't take that initiative when they probably had a chance to do it. SMU's kind of always
1: been in a position to beg in this but, whole thing. But if you just look at the landscape of what has happened over the last two years, not even what happened over the last two months, you know it's a, it's a duo. It's a tandem. It's not just one school. And I, I don't think you can just work your way into a conversation unless you're Notre Dame, maybe even UConn. I don't think you can work your way into a conversation that says, oh, uh, you're considering Stanford, Cal? Uh, consider us and choose one of them. That, it's not how it goes. It's Texas and Oklahoma. It's Oregon and Washington. It's USC and UCLA. It, that, it has been Colorado knowing that they were going to get one more to even it out. Turns out they got three to get to the certain amount of teams they want in the corner schools that they wanted, which was all intentional on behalf of the Big 12. In this case, SMU's got to have a dance partner that helps them on their behalf, that brings up the value of them joining said conference. And and, and also- And it's going to take a lot of convincing by them. But the convincing of Florida State, Clemson, North Carolina, and NC State, those are the convincing uh, votes that you have to have. Those are the ones that voted no with Stanford and Cal. So how do you you flip them? You have to bring value. And if you're not already being considered, I don't know how you get your foot in the door unless you have another option with you. That's helping on your behalf. David on the
2: YouTube chat says, Stanford, Cal, SMU are the girls left at the bar near closing time. I'll take it a step further. The bar's closed. They're trying to get the bar to reopen. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're out in the street waiting on an Uber right now to go home. And home is no conference and no money. So now they're banging on the door trying to get the bartender to come up and open the door and reopen the bar. That's what this is. How about the they or- got to find a home?
1: Oregon State's AD, Scott Barnes, this quote I don't think Pac 12 leadership was in touch with how folks felt. Look, we can talk about the pause and waiting later and doing a, doing a media rights deal, but ultimately you need to be in tune with your members and understand the landscape very, very well. I don't think that work got done, in my opinion. I think that's something that we've got to decide on, the role of the Pac-12 leadership. That's something that needs to be determined in terms of this final year. Um, He can say all that, but again, if you're not being heard, what are you doing to ensure that you're relevant, that you're not silenced based on everyone departing and you're the last four? Barnes is saying that, yeah, they didn't do a good job of knowing how Uh, People felt. I wonder if that's happening now. Probably not. And there are only four left. And there are the the intentions of the four in line with the intentions of leadership of the conference. It can't be. No, not based on what happened. So who's leading? No, they're
2: all. They're all. There was a time where they were all under the impression they were doing things for the greater good and trying to be unified and trying to do things as a conference. Benefit of the doubt on behalf of the conference to present the TV deal. Absolutely no possibility that the Pac-4, the remaining schools, are doing anything in concert. They are doing everything for their own survival. Yes. Washington State and Oregon State are not buddies. They're not sitting there saying, guys, let's hold hands and march into the Mountain West together. They're all trying to find the best possible solution. And this is
1: Barnes with a brand-new, renovated stadium. Yeah.
2: That, that's out the window. Because of poor leadership.
1: Yeah, that that possibility is out on the window. leaders to lead and, and delegate instead
2: of leaders now, to act. Now are like they op- open to joining together to do something if it benefits their own themselves? Yeah, they would do that. But it's not like they're going around saying, "Guys, the last four teams that were left behind are united in the vision of what this Pack Four could be when we do our next." No, none of that. That's it's the not individual
1: happening. four. Yeah, it's not happening. There's no pack there. They're all looking out for themselves. Chad, cheers to the weekend. Cheers, my friend. We made it. Enjoy the football. Next week, we've Another actually got week. regular season college football to discuss, yeah. which will be great. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy we have coaching. Week zero of college football next week. High school kickoff. Uh, the high schools are kicking off, I believe. High across schools the states, are playing
2: last night. Tonight, the I'll be yeah. coaching
1: softball. I'm a truck uh, guy now. I'll be driving a truck around. Something women I mean, like about a pickup man.
2: Really, Jack. really incredible time to be alive right now. There's so many reasons to get excited. That's truck. Just get out of bed, pumping your fist, ready
1: to go. We're back at it on Monday. If I need to anything Rose. for you over the weekend, Across hit me up on Twitter. Let me outkick that I works. got you.